Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to On the Table Gaming. It's episode 35, and today I'm joined with the incomparable Greg Young from Rebel Lightworks. How's it going, Chase? It's going well. I'm actually really excited to have you on because we're going to talk about something that you've been you've been working on and, and kind of playtesting for a while, and uh, it'll be fun to kind of unleash on the greater community as a whole. To be perfectly honest, this is 100% stolen. It's not my idea. I just translated it to our game. But it looks awesome, so be sure to check out in the show notes uh, for this episode what we've got in store, which is essentially a new game mode uh, for Song of Ice and Fire the Miniatures game uh, that actually, it's kind of really cool. I'm actually really enjoying it. It's less game mode and more like event format. So talk us through this. So it's called Who's the Boss? You know, what is Who's the Boss? Uh, a little bit of history on Who's the Boss. Um, I used to play War Machine and Hordes back in the day, both in Mark II and a little bit of Mark III. And I went to a large convention, something like 200 players uh, in a, a uh, called Clash for a Cure in Texas, a big, huge charity event. And they had a fun, like, silly event format they played in the evenings when you were done with the main championship. And it was called Who's the Boss? And the whole point about it is you would show up with a normal sized list, but you wouldn't pick a Warcaster or a Warlock, which is their version of a commander. And you would be randomly assigned a commander who was not from your faction. And the entire idea was to take some random dude from Kador and play him with your Blindwater congregation list. Making <laughs> some crazy combos there. Yeah, and it led to weird, wacky FAQs and all kinds of, like, making it work was very difficult because of how the language and the rule set of War Machine was constructed. Um, but it was a really fun event. You never knew what broken combo you were going to find, like, what caster had this insane spell that made the Signar murder ponies beyond broken. And no one really got too upset by it because everybody walked into the event understanding that it was going to be silly and fun and random, and everyone was going to try and break it as fast as they could. So say I'm uh, trying to organize events at my local game store. Maybe I'm a game store owner. Uh, why would I want to consider running like a who's the boss event then? Just because it's kind of fun and silly? It is the best way to get a player into buying a new faction. Um, take me, for example. I have been debating playing Free Folk for a long time. I haven't pulled the trigger on buying the starter boxes. I haven't done it yet. I'm I like how you said starter boxes with a plural. <laughs> One of the best things about this game design is like the Baratheons. I've already pre-ordered two boxes. I've already yeah. pre-ordered two boxes of the Targaryens as well, because I know that two starter boxes will set me up with a foundation level of units for the next five years. Right. Like it's a great bang for your buck. You're going to get everything you need to play on release that day. And like the, I have lists where I run four, units of stark sword swords i run four units of guardsmen all the time it's just really handy to get double core boxes and you always need more raiders that's true (laughs) you can never have Uh another there was someone talking about that on the facebook page today they're like hey i bought just the core set can i just only play with two raiders and it's like why yes you can but you might not want to oh if you're gonna play with just two raiders go buy a couple boxes of giants yeah, or, or uh, get those those Bone Lords Chosen coming out next month. Rattle Shirts Chosen? What? Excuse me? The Lord of Bones. All right, so this who's the, who's the boss mode? So then you're basically going to be getting a different sort of commander for your faction. Now, 
you put some time into thinking about how this would apply to a Song of Ice and Fire the Miniatures game. Are there any restrictions? So there are a couple of restrictions. The whole theme of the event is that you cannot play with a commander that you can normally play with. So for example, um, we, you and I put together some lists to bring to the episode that were already pre-built and you're playing Free Folk and I'm playing Starks. So if we actually look at the document that you're gonna share out and I'll post everywhere once our PDF magician finishes making it look really pretty, you actually go <laughs> look at the House Stark section and you'll notice that you can't take, you're not gonna be randomly assigned or can't choose any Stark commanders or neutral commanders. And this is done on purpose. So you can normally take neutral commanders in any of the factions except for the Free Folk currently. So that would break the theme of the event trying to bring Ramsey in on a Stark list. The big thing is I didn't want players to show up with, oh, this is my Ramsey list that I played at Adepticon or I played at Simon Expo. Right. No, build a new list, find a new commander, find a new thing. So the neutrals are only allowed in Free Folk, actually. It's the only place they're currently allowed. As I went through reading every single tactic card and every single upgrade, trying to find FAQ and errata that would need to be done, I was completely blown away at the, at the robustness of the basic developmental design of this game. Um, when, the, when you guys, listeners, get to actually see the document, you're going to notice that there is probably one, two, three, four... Five, there are five pieces of FAQ errata. That's it. Jeez. And, and the best part is three of them are exactly the same. So one of the big things is the bodyguard unit. So Eddard's um, Honor Guard, the King's Guard, or the Bone Lord's Chosen, normally you can only play them with their assigned commander. In this format, you can play them with any combat infantry commander attachment. Okay. So those are all three worded just stipulating that and the only other two pieces of errata that we picked were brendan tolley the outrider commander so the mounted version um he changes his card text from all instances of stark outriders now says a friendly cavalry unit gotcha okay now that makes sense so if you randomly get brendan tolley in lannisters his ability now works with knights of casually rock that's horrific <laughs> yes um it, Jeez. It, if that one needs to be tweaked, but that's an easy one. If you're a local TO and you're worried about the balance level of this guy being off the chains, being able to like bring flayed men off the side of the board, just don't let your players use that or remove that commander from the, the pool. But that's a really easy handle. But I mean, I guess you can't really complain because everyone's going to be having, you're going to be finding new like broken combinations. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the only other big piece, um, sadly, Jor Mormont, the 997th Lord Commander, he is restricted from this format due to his abilities not functioning without Vow tactics cards. Um, so the only uh, deck that has Vows currently is the Nightwatch generic deck. He has a single Vow that he brings, but all of his abilities and most of his tactics cards rely on Vows being out. So we went ahead right. and said he's just not playable. We didn't want to like rewrite him or anything. Hopefully he'll get a re-release down the road. Maybe we'll get a Jor above the wall version or something like that. And we can bring him back into who's the boss. Well, sweet. Let's jump right in then. So let's give an example here of uh, what a sample list might look like. So how would they go about doing that? Well, the, what you would do it. Well, I'm actually planning on running this event um, the weekend after the Free Folk and Nightwatch Heroes release. That way we can have the physical models and cards for everybody. And the way we're going to do it is I'm actually going to have a Google Form sign-up sheet that's gonna have a place for the person to go buy their ticket and as well, let me know what faction they're gonna play. And when they sign up, let's say you're signing up, Chase, so you're gonna buy your yep. ticket, to the event. you're gonna say, I'm playing Free Folk. 
So then I'll get a hold of you personally and I'll actually give you your randomized commander. So if you're playing Free Folk, what I would do is I would go to the Free Folk section and I would look at there and I would see I have Stark commanders, I have Lannister commanders, I have Bolton commanders, and I have Nightwatch commanders. Okay, cool. I'm going to get a D4 and I'm going to roll it. And uh, because we pre-picked this, we've already randomly assigned you a commander. So you roll a Lannister commander. So of the Lannister commanders, there's Joffrey, Tywin, Tyrion, Jaime, and the High Sparrow. So there's five of them. So I would roll a D5 or a D6 and just ignore the six or whatever. That's yeah. the easiest way to randomly assign them. Um, one variant that I do play with is I do play with Highlander rules. So once you're assigned a commander, no one else can be assigned that commander until I've run out of Lannister commanders. There can be only one. Yeah, because the last thing you want is like four people showing up to a 12-person event all playing Joffrey. Right, yeah. That's not fun. So we actually uh, randomly assigned you a commander, and we gave you Tywin, the Lord of Casterly Rock. Okay, so then I had to build a list that would fit Tywin in. And Tywin, of course, uh, is an awesome commander in his own right. Uh, particularly because of his Fear the Lion ability. When Tywin's unit activates, one enemy in long range becomes weakened. And he also gives the unit he's in Lannister Supremacy, which is something I never get to experience as a Free Folk player. So that's pretty cool. He's uh, probably best known for handing out Lannister, uh, Lannister Supremacy. Yes, he's for sure. Yeah, he filled that gap in your Lannister list. Where, like, everything else has it. Like, how can I give it to my crossbowmen? Oh, yeah, or my whatever, uh, halberdiers. So, I'm not looking forward to Warrior Son with Tywin in them. That just sounds annoying. So I was trying to think about, okay, well, how would I fit him into a free folk list? And what's cool is he's going to be giving out weakened tokens as well, which will certainly help my troops stay a little bit more survivable, right? I can, I can kind of mitigate some of the damage they're going to be taking. So I thought I would build my 40-point list uh, around the champion of the uh, sorry around the follower of bones and the bone lords chosen so i took the bone lords chosen as the the main unit that i would place him in with the idea being that man like you know basically giving um uh, this awesome unit that hits on a three plus on eight dice with four plus armor six plus morale now has lannister supremacy and horrific visage each time an enemy targets this unit with a melee attack that enemy suffers a panic test before resolving that attack and each time the enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, this unit may restore up to two wounds. So potentially putting myself in a situation where I can kind of like chain together panic tests. So you go to attack me, you take a panic test, maybe I heal then. You actually hit me. If I pass my panic test, now you get hit back with Lannister Supremacy and I can be healing another set of two wounds. So it's like a regenerating super unit there with him in it. And whatever they activate, they're handing out a weakened token to keep themselves or a friendly unit for ganging up even more survivable with those weakened tokens. Exactly. So I got my Bone Lords chosen with Ty uh, Tywin Lannister. I threw in another uh, unit of Follower of Bones. I just kept them naked. And then I took two units of Cave Dweller Savages with Champions of the Bone because they have that Prey on Fear ability. So those attachments are going to make it so that anytime an enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, this unit may restore, restore two wounds. So those two Cave Dweller Savage units, they're going to be trying to smash into the side with Vicious and their other awesome keywords and basically be uh, you know, healing up off of their damage off these attacks. Finally, I took two units of Free Folk Raiders with Cave Dweller Alphas because when they charge, the Ferocious Assault is going to give out a Panic Token. So I'm really trying to double down on utilizing the, the Panic Tokens to help my units regenerate 
and uh, really smash things and regenerate my units using the the cave dweller savages. For my NCUs, I took Craster just to get a little bit more healing in case I wasn't getting healed enough and grabbing the tactic zone. Uh, sorry, the tactics guard. And then Ygret, Kissed by Fire, just to kind of shut down any units that are super scary that I need to get rid of their abilities. So it's kind of a fun, like, getting to think about, okay, well, how could I really start to use Panic more as a Free Folk player? And what's kind of cool about this, this sort of, like, mental exercise is that I'm now I'm thinking, like, you know what, like, I could kind of build a list that's not quite as good as with Tywin with Lannister Supremacy, but I could kind of start to build some free folk panic lists. And maybe that's the way I wasn't really thinking in the in the in the past. Not to mention like all the cool tactics cards I can shuffle then in as well. Oh, yeah. This list looks savage. You have so many instances of I, I'm causing my opponent to, to do a morale test. And whether they pass it or they fail it, I'm interacting <laughs> with that morale test the entire time and that's right <laughs> the level of consistency this is going to put out is, is incredible you should play this in feast of crow feast of crow oh my god yeah that would be absolutely vicious especially this is the cape or savages they can pick up vicious when they attack whether you need to push that morale damage through or if you seem to clean somebody up, they can get Sundering or plus one to hit. Like, that's a great unit for this list. So, yeah, then the idea being that the Bone Lord's Chosen is going to be causing whatever unit they're engaged with, with Tywin in them, to be failing tons of tests. And if I've got a Bone uh, Cave Dweller Savage unit trying to clean them up, I'll be probably in contact with a unit that's failing at save. So, it's Panic Test. So, that'll be, that'll be awesome. You've got some really fun synergy, uh, excuse me, going on with this list where everything is designed around putting two pieces of a unit together to create something that's much stronger than the individual pieces. Prey on Fear is a great example of that because it doesn't, it specifically states that it works on um, engaged units. So right. Prey on Fear, your, your Cradle or Savages is engaged with unit of Lannister Guardsmen and somebody else attacks them. That's, they're still failing a test. The unit that was not doing the attack can still get that recursion from the Champion of Bone, Prey on Fear. And that's awesome synergy. Ooh. And then Tywin's cards can throw out a bunch of weakened tokens with Lannister Intimidation. Start of any turn, expand a weakened token from an enemy unit. That unit and their attachment loses all abilities until the end of the round. That's super helpful. So I can actually shut off really scary units and then smash them with my other units. And Ygritte does the exact same thing too. Yeah, so I can really start to control the battlefield in a lot of ways. Yeah. This looks nasty. I like it. Now, the one thing is that I don't know if I'm getting the most synergy out of his other tactics cards. Exploit weakness is, is useful. Um, when the attacker tries to hit you and they, every roll of a one, they take an automatic wound. But the Lion's Wrath, one enemy combat unit becomes weakened until the end of the round. All weakened enemies suffer negative one movement and trigger to circle charge on one or two. I mean, I guess that's still good. It's not some like a crazy, amazing tactic. I probably could have taken some uh, Free Folk Trappers or something to get a somewhat similar effect. But um, it's an interesting thing to think about and, and, how, to, and how to play this, this uh, particular list. Yeah, and that's a really good point about the format is Tywin's a really good example of this because the ability he grants is very focused on panic, but all of his tactics cards are focused on weakened tokens. Right. So you can built him two different directions very easily. Absolutely. But, you know, I'm kind of new to this. What did you come up with, with uh, your commander? Do you want to start with Weeper? 
Yeah, let's start with the Weeper, because he was the first one I looked at. Um, and uh, in the middle of building a list around Weeper the Horrific Butcher, uh, I had this crazy idea, and I built a second list, and then I went back and finished the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the, the commander I was randomly assigned was the Weeper Horrific Butcher, who's a freefall commander, and I'm playing Starks. Um, so the list is a pair of Umber Berser Berserkers with the newly eroded Umber Champion. And then a pair of Cranimag trackers with Dunhat we were naked. And then I also took Eddard's Honor Guard with Weeper. And then I brought Catelyn and Sansa Stark as my NCUs. Oof. Right, I can already see the synergy here. Being a free folk player myself, man. So Weeper is super uh, all about when like units get destroyed or uh, when you're attacking an enemy unit. And you can be throwing out attacks in spades with this list. The entire idea is to take the Honor Guard with Weeper, put it in the middle of a formation. So he's leading the spear front with the Berserker on each side and the Kranimags holding up the flanks. And uh, the idea is to give him this long-range bubble where you can use Order of Horrific Reputation to force an enemy to re-roll any dice on a panic test without needing a panic token. Right. Which the Umber Champions... Oh are giving vicious to the berserkers who are already rolling so many dice oh uh, my god i miss Cho. that's also the cat one that's supposed to be roderick excuse me oh okay yeah um my boy roger castle giving out critical blow to berserkers is amazing and then i mean for his tactics cards too right Oh, yeah. So whereas you built for Tywin more for his ability, I built this list completely around his tactics cards. Especially since uh, Agonizing Deaths, you yeah. can put it on an enemy combat unit being destroyed, and in this list, Berserkers are going to be killing things almost every turn. And it means that I can cause other things to make panic tests with a minus two just from the card Agonizing Deaths. Yeah, the panic bubble of, uh, like, the little mini panic nuke you can set off. Exactly. Which then makes all of your units weaker to do it again. And I can so, use Sansa to go get the other copy of it and do it again. Oh, so if you don't have the cards in front of you, Agonizing Deaths, when an enemy combat unit is destroyed, all other enemy units within short range of that enemy suffer a panic test with a negative two to their roll. And then you could use Sansa to grab that out again. Yeah, now she can't get it out of the discard. She has to get it out of the library. Oh, she can get it out of the discard. Oh, no. I can play it three times. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, I mean, you, if you're playing against a free folk player, you just feel like nuke, nuke, and nuke. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Price of Failure is also a fun card in this list. So that one reads, when a friendly combat unit attacks before attack dice are rolled, all attack dice results automatically hit for this attack. For each result that would normally miss, the attacker suffers one wound. Um, so how about Berserkers who get two extra dice with an Umber Champion? with Price of Failure. Oh my gosh. You also have Critical Blow from Roger Castle. Yeah. Because you still roll That's the dice, which home. means you still get the sixes for Critical yeah. Blow. Yeah. God, that's terrifying. Oh yeah. Another variation of this list uh, ran uh, Stark Bowman with Price of Failure earmarked for them. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Shooting I mean, over even with, with... Yeah. And then you get your Reckless Slaughter card. When a friendly combat unit makes an, a melee attack, before attack dice are rolled, the attack rolls plus three dice and gains vicious. After the attack is completed, the attacker becomes vulnerable. You don't really care about that. You're just going to be rolling so many dice, you just delete things. 
every unit in this list, aside from the honor guard, already has a six up save. So vulnerable means almost nothing to me. So a perfect turn would to have one of his two, two of the three cards in my hand and then use Sansa to go get the third one. So you'd play Reckless Man. Slaughter. Um, actually, no, Reckless Slaughter and Price of Failure have the same trigger. Oh, I can't play both of them at the same time. Oh, well. Play either <laughs> one of them using I the Umber Champion. Actually, Umber Champion is like a baby's version of Reckless Slaughter because it's plus two dice and Vicious with no downside. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But you can use Reckless Slaughter and your little baby Reckless Slaughter there. <laughs> yeah, and get plus five dice and shift, and then play Agonizing Deaths after that oh, attack. God. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is cool because you're also kind of familiarizing yourself with what your opponents might take in a regular game. You're going you're gonna to have a much better understanding maybe of a unit or a commander that you typically don't play. As well as an unbridled desire to go buy a free folk star. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, and that's the real fun about this. Is it is also a really good tournament training tool. If you're trying to become a better player, doing things like this can be very beneficial for you to also think about how your own units work or could work differently right. as, well as learning other commanders, other command cards. Uh, one big thing that a lot of players and humans get really locked into is berserkers do one thing; they do it incredibly well. There's no point taking them to do anything else. Okay, well, if we play with a different type of commander or a different type of playstyle, why can't Berserkers do something else? And so doing things like this, now obviously I'm not going to take this list to a full tournament. Like I'm not going to walk into Simon Expo. Well, this year, maybe they'll fall in love with this format. They don't walk in there and expect to play this list in an event, but it can still help me prep for that event. This is the stuff of Fabio Curry, the game developers, like nightmares, right? Where he tried to like balance everything so carefully and we're like, but what if? <laughs> and, and this is where you start. So I've run a lot of events similar to this on different game systems, not always the same format, but the same kind of like, we're going to bend or slightly break the basic rules of the game. And one thing that a lot of players have always taken away from it is the sense of, oh, the thing I was complaining about earlier, it's not really that broken because now I know what actually is broken. Right. And I'm thankful that Fabio didn't let Chanel put this into the bolt. <laughs> right i mean even reckless slaughter i'm like oh my god on your berserkers that's like insane but then i'm, I'm like oh but typically that. it's on like a free folk you know unit a raider or something you know well think about this what if i had taken a sworn sword captain on those umber berserkers instead of an umber champion i play mm. reckless slaughter on them giving them plus three dice and vicious they have a vulnerable token sundering built in roger castle is giving them critical blow and catlin's making the roll 10 dice so oh. now they're 12 dice with a charge reroll with a vulnerable token with critical blow. This is madness. It's I also really <laughs> want to do this now. Yeah, it's crazy. I just I'm still my mind's kind of blown at thinking about the possibilities of this event type. Uh, and it's so cool with the, the hero boxes coming out soon. This is a great event to run at a store with a maybe a community that's already got a little bit of experience with the game and is looking for other fun ways to spin it. Oh, yeah. And it's really easy to build this event as well. Um, most players, like if you have any reasonable size community, you're going to have enough people who own all of these commanders to go, hey, can we borrow your Tywin for a day? I promise we'll give it back in the exact same condition I borrowed it. But I don't play right. Lannister. I borrow your Tywin. And it's really easy because all you need is Tywin, his commander card, and his six tactics cards. 
and just give it out as a little bundle and just make sure you get it back. One the, the big thing about this event is you're typically, I would recommend giving the players their randomly assigned commander at least two weeks previous. That way they have time to build a list, test it, things like that. This Man, is yeah. not, you don't want to be list building on the spot day of, because then it's not right. going to work. Yeah, you want to have right. time to think about this and do some practice games. Man, yeah, well, this is a cool format. So uh, if you're listening, this is sort of our June uh, creator content month. We're trying to come up with new ideas for game modes, scenarios, maybe new unit types even. What are some fan-made things? Uh, I even saw some cool people coming up with some scenery ideas. So this is the kind of stuff you guys can do. You can take a format that you know and modify it for Song of Ice and Fire, maybe come up with your own idea in general. Um, but these things are just another fun way to interact and play with a game. And while this might not be like your most hardcore competitive tournament mode, this definitely makes for like a cool event and definitely helps keep your community engaged and having fun with the game. The, uh, the other thing I have to jump in here and just throw as a quick plug, thanks to Rebel Lightworks for also always supporting On the Table Gaming. And we do have an On the Table Gaming tactics board and acrylic tokens as well. Oh, so make sure you check out their site. And if you're looking at uh, some stuff, this new stuff looks pretty good. I might have to talk to you about we'll get in some new designs for On the Table Gaming because holy crap, those translucent ones look phenomenal. But make sure you check out rebellightworks.com. And uh, there are some On the Table Gaming products on there. If you're a Patreon supporter, uh, there are certain pledge levels that will give you uh, acrylic tokens and rulers for On the Table Gaming. So if you're looking for cool accessories, I think Rebel Lightworks is definitely one of the places to go. Yeah, and we actually offer a coupon code for listeners to your show. So if you want to get 10% off your order, you can use the coupon code on the table 2019 to get 10% off your order. Woo. All right. Um, something else I got coming up is my uh, those organized play kits that I talked about the last time I was on the show were really popular. So popular, in fact, that I was forced to discontinue them because they were taking up way too much of my time and I was falling behind on regular orders. Gotcha. So we actually uh, went back to the drawing board and completely revised how we're going to do organized play kits going forward. And we've got a new offering for the summer kit, as we're calling it. We're a little late to catch up the summer, but we're going to try and make it work. So actually, in conjunction with you, Chase, you helped me out on pick a couple of these designs as well as a couple other TOs. Uh, Carl from Peacekeeper Games helped out a couple of the major TOs that are involved with the show, as well as the greater community as a whole, helped me pick out designs and come up with cool ideas to support this organized play kit. We got so many cool things coming up and uh, it's been really awesome, Greg, working with you and uh, bringing out the accessories. And you know, once again, for people out there that are checking out rebellightworks.com, it's basically like you know Greg and a bunch of laser cutters or acrylic, I don't even know how you make your acrylic stuff, but uh, it's like a, it's a small time operation here. It's just so cool that you're able to do all this stuff. Definitely beyond the skill or capability of anything I can do. So I don't know. You do have a mean way with Adobe Premiere that That's, I have. You know, I, I, yeah, I didn't. I, that, I'll keep my skills regulated to that. A, you're, you're the master of the the actual creating of physical objects. So, but I think we'll wrap it up here. Special that shout out to the Patreon supporters, especially Sonny Smith, our producer. And uh, if you want to support the show and if you're capable, feel free to come on to Patreon. Uh, if not, you know, we always appreciate you liking, sharing or listening. And even just a kind comment that goes a long way. Uh, you can also check out rebellightworks.com. Greg, super longtime supporter of the A Song of Ice and Fire community. And he's got some on the table gaming products out there, but he's got just a lot of cool stuff. In particular, I've got an order sitting in my cart here for your uh, card trays that you can help organize your cards in. So those are awesome. Just a bunch of cool accessories. 
loaded. Yeah, they're amazing. So I'm looking forward to stacking up on some of those. I'm just trying to figure out the exact number I need. You know, in the meantime, Josh will be back. So stay tuned for our next episode. And I hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>